Hey there, church. It is my pleasure to welcome all of you across the network, all of you here at Rock Island, the crew in Bentendorf, our brothers at Kiwani, those tuning in online, and I'm especially thrilled to welcome our brothers and sisters at our Vida Nueva campus. Bienvenido en el nombre de Jesucristo. Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is great to have you joining with us in this significant conversation that we're simply calling More Together, or Mas Juntos. <laughs> more together. See, one of the things I love about us as a church is the unique convergence of people and families, communities and cultures, connecting with a consistent willingness to risk to reach people for Jesus. We've been privileged to do that for more than 50 years. And God has granted us favor because we have held a willingness to do whatever it takes to reach people who are far from God. Now, not every church gets to do that with the unique position that we have. And I think every church is called to do it, but, but God has given us a unique place to hold. One where he's asking us to risk in greater ways. And every time we have stepped and risked beyond, we've forfeited our comfort for kingdom, he has expanded our influence. And our church has never been more relevant in our cities, in our region. But that influence isn't just for today. It's for tomorrow. It's for generations yet to come. Now, this is a special weekend because we're all connecting in the same conversation at the same time, but it's also a special weekend because the conversation that we're leaning into, what we're unpacking is really where we have been and where we're going, where God has led us and where he's leading us next. And if you've called Heritage Home for a long time, or whether you're here for the very first time, this is an ideal weekend to be here. It's perfect to get to understand who we are and what we do, why we do what we do. Now, for the last three weeks, we have had a conversation around having hope in the midst of troubled times. Powerful conversations, and you can check those out online if you missed them. But we can have hope in the midst of difficulty through Jesus. But prior to that three-week conversation, we spent one week in ta weekend talking about our why as a church, why we do what we do. And in that conversation, I promised we would come back to that why and lean into our what. And that's what I want to do today. That's where I want to go in the beginning of this conversation. In order to do that, I think it's helpful to go back and revisit a couple of things that we identified in that conversation previously. See, with, with the help of the words of Jesus and the actions of Jesus, because he's our example in all things, and with the help of a bag of potato chips, for those of you who were here, we saw that living a filled life is not the same as living a full one. The filled is not the same as full. And Jesus came that we would have full life. Full life, if we're willing to step into the doing the next right thing. In fact, here's what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That they may have it to the what? Full. Oh yeah, full. So turn to somebody next to you, look them in the eye and say, Jesus came for you to have a full life. Go ahead, turn to somebody, you don't even have to know them. Just say, Jesus came for you to have a full life. There you go. Man, listen, I don't, if that doesn't get you excited, if that doesn't become a disruptor in your world, you're not hearing what it means. Jesus came that you and I would have life and have it to the full. And we want that kind of life. We want right and good and full. We don't want less or half or just okay. I mean, this is such a universal thing in our wiring that, that there's actually a commercial series that speaks to this reality. It's for a cell phone company, and it just has a tagline that just okay is not okay. Maybe you've seen those commercials. They're funny, but they, they, they tackle this reality that 
It's not acceptable. Just okay is not acceptable. In fact, I just want to take 20 seconds and show you my favorite commercial out of this series. Take a look at this. Have you ever worked with Dr. Francis? Oh yeah, he's okay. Just okay? Guess who just got reinstated? Well, not officially. Nervous? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Don't worry about it, we'll figure it out. I'll see you in there. Just okay is not okay. Yeah, man, just okay is not okay, amen? Come on, nobody wants just okay. Never, we never want it. Now, there may be some things that, like, I don't really care all that much, and I don't know what those things are for you, but we don't want just okay, especially when it comes to life and family and things of God. Just okay is not okay. It might be true for cell phone companies, but I guarantee it's true for you and me. Because we're created to have life and life to the full. Jesus came for that. And we have known it as a church. It's why we're willing to risk so that others can know him, to reach people who are far from God. Just okay is not okay. In fact, if, if you're someone who likes to use the note guide and you track along in our teaching times, I just want to get to that first fill-in. It's just a statement that says, wherever you are in your relationship with God, there's more. Wherever you are in your relationship, your journey, your walk with God, there is more. Now, there are, are lots of different reasons that people connect into the heritage family. You may be coming because it's a place of learning, of growth, of, of healing, uh, of just connecting with other people. Behind all that is encountering God. And I love that he allows us to create space where we can encounter him week in, week out, through the course of the week when we gather together. I, I never get tired of the space we get to create for people to encounter God. But the deal is, wherever you are in that journey, in that walk, there is more. There is more in the relationship. There's more in the experience. And behind the reasons that we come is very big purpose and intentional vision to create those spaces for more. We know that wherever we are in our relationship, our walk, our journey with Jesus, there is more. So what we do as a church, we don't just create spaces to learn. We don't, we're not just about what we can do. We're actually seeking to create space for who we can be. It's not just about uh, the, the things that we can lean into, it's about who we can be. Fully you as God intended. So it's not just a space to learn, it's a space to become. And not just for you, but for all people. Everyone. See, when I came to the Quad Cities a number of years ago, I did some research and found some stats. And of the 400,000 people who call the Quad Cities home, who live within our region... The statistics said that about half of those individuals claimed an affiliation to some religious connection. Not necessarily Christian, just some religious affiliation. So half of 400,000 is 200,000. And you may recall, I did this illustration where I poured 20,000 BBs into this particular vase, each BB representing 10 people. 200,000 people within our region say that there is, there is some religious affiliation, not necessarily Christian. Now, the reality is, in the six-plus years since we had this conversation, that is, there has been an even greater drift away from the things of God. We recently reviewed some research that said that the Quad Cities is the 15th most post-Christian city in our nation. That's alarming. That's discouraging. But I hope more than those things, it's actually motivating to the task ahead of us. Because even though there's 200,000 people who have some religious affiliation... For those that are connecting to Jesus, they can have that full life. 
maybe some having a just okay life, but the deal is if there's 200,000 people here, there's 200,000 people here who are not living a full life. At best, it's a just okay life, and that's not okay. See, in a culture, in a world where spirituality seems to be increasing, the connection to Jesus is not. But heritage is uniquely positioned to be a lead catalyst in changing that. Not alone, but with other churches and other organizations in our region. We're positioned uniquely to see this changed because we're positioned to be witnesses for Jesus. We're positioned to be people who lead others to the more that God has for them, to the fullness that is available within Jesus Christ. And we are a big church. We have a significant footprint and an influence across our region and cities, but it's such a small part of the mission field. And as a church, look, the church is not about a building, it's not about programs, it's about people. It's not about religion, it's about the people. In fact, you could describe the church as simply a worshiping community of missional disciples. This is who we are. A worshiping community of missional disciples. Three things. We worship, we connect in community, and we live on purpose, on mission. We, we talk in terms of being loved and linked and sent. This is who we are. And there is power and purpose in it. And, and the mission field is great. But our God is greater. So is our God. He is so much greater. So here's what I want to do. I, I want to show you something. With all that in mind, I want to show you something. I recently had the opportunity to sit down with a media team and just capture a bit of our history as a church, the journey that we've had, uh, of how God has been faithful to us as we have been willing to step in bold obedience for him. And, and this is just a, a helpful reminder. If you've called Heritage Home for a long time, I hope that this is an encouragement and a reminder of how God has worked in and through you. You're, you're part of this. And if you're here for the very first time checking things out today, and this is going to help you. It's going to be informative, instructional for why heritage is unique. So this video is a little bit longer, but just for the next few moments, I want you to sit back and listen into the story that God has been writing, even with a point to the, the greater faithfulness he's calling us to in the next season. So sit back and take a look at this story, our story as a church. One of the things I love about the Quad Cities is the unique convergence of people and families, of cultures and communities, and the reality that heritage has been part of that dynamic for more than 50 years, with a very intentional willingness and lean to step into new endeavors to advance God's kingdom, to advance his kingdom in these cities, in our Quad Cities. What started in this red brick building behind me has grown to be a vital expression of God's love in our region as we've continued to reach people who are far from God. It's like the psalmist said in Psalm 102, that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. It's that hope and belief that positions us to do whatever it takes to connect people to God, even to do church differently. Because we know this work is not just about today, it's about tomorrow. It's about future generations, a people not yet created. More than six years ago, my family and I joined the work here at Heritage as I stepped towards the role as senior pastor. And in that season, I began to pray a prayer that the Apostle Paul once prayed. He asked that God would do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And within a handful of words, Paul prays a prayer that spills over with great expectation for greater restoration because of a love that is wide and long and high and deep. It's a big prayer. But what is most striking to me about that prayer 
is that it is a prayer for more. When I walked into my office that first week as senior pastor, I discovered that my predecessor, John, had left me something. And it was this. It's a picture of he and I in the Jordan River in Israel, taken right after he had baptized me and I had baptized him. It was a special and sacred moment for both of us, but that wasn't the only thing he left. He actually left a single one-word note on the picture itself. That note simply said, more. You don't have to know John to realize that wasn't just a nice sentiment, but a sincere, heartfelt prayer for what could be out of what had been. And that desire and belief has been deeply meaningful for me. And this picture still finds its home in my office. The idea of more is not a new concept for us as a church. We have risked and reached beyond in other seasons. The Bettendorf campus is one example of that. Yet in 2017, we began a specific journey to live fully into the more that God had for us. And with an overwhelming vote of affirmation, we committed to pursue a number of bold moves for God and for our community. We committed to launch new spaces of connection and community and collaboration across our region. And it was big. But here's the thing about that. In 1 Corinthians 4, Paul says something else. He says, now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. In those words, he's highlighting our ability and our responsibility to hold the space for more. Our God has given us a trust. And as a result, we live today with a lean towards tomorrow, with a lean for more. And we stand positioned to honor our commitment to faithfully steward what was for what can be. The now for the next. As we have held the space between what is and can be, we've had to navigate a lot. We have faced our fair share of challenge and stormy weather, both literally and figuratively. Yet our commitment to see our cities flourish has never been stronger, especially as we've continued to stretch and reach into spaces where God grants us favor. This location is one such example. It's the Esperanza Center, and it has shown us how real and pressing the needs of our community are, yet at the same time also shown us how generous our God is whenever we're willing to faithfully risk for more. One of the things I love about our heritage as a church is a willingness to believe that restoration is always possible. We have demonstrated it as we've given new life and new purpose to buildings, and we participated in it as we've witnessed the transformation of individual lives and families. Yet I'm convinced that God has even more for us. As we've seen his faithfulness in the journey around Esperanza Center, or in the launch of our campus at the Kwani Life Skills Reentry Center, or even in the unprecedented invitation to partnership in public schools with nonprofits and critical community services, I am all the more convinced that God is working in us and through us and around us for his glory. Yet he is inviting us to more, inviting us to love people more in a relationship with Jesus, even a people not yet created. Since 2014, we've grown from two locations to five locations. We've been privileged to restoratively hold space in two prisons and three schools. We've served and fed and loved thousands of people across our region. 
and we've had the privilege of playing a part in seeing more than 1,600 people choose to follow Jesus for the first time. And we've baptized more than 1,100. It's wonderful, it's humbling, but it's significant. And the space God is calling us to hold is unique. And our work is not done. There's more. I believe the best is yet to come. Yet getting to more requires more. It requires more people willing to pray. It requires more people willing to sacrifice. It requires more people willing to risk for what can be. A people willing to prove faithful with the trust that they have been given in relationships, in opportunities, and in resources. It requires people like you and me willing to sacrifice now for what can be later, for a generation not yet born, for a people yet to be created, for our children's children. And I invite you to join me in leaning in as we collectively seek to love more, restore more, and imagine more in the days ahead. seen that more than once and every time it moves me that our God would be gracious enough to allow us to walk alongside him and see lives transformed and communities being transformed by the transforming presence of Jesus. I love that he's willing to let us do that and if he's willing to do that just in this last season imagine how much more he's willing to do in the next. So I believe it's just as Paul said that it's immeasurably more immeasurably more because God is asking Heritage Church to hold a very unique space and calling us to risk so that more people who are far from him can know him and walk in relationship to him. It's a unique, exciting space, one where we have seen great fruit, but one where we're not done. There is more. The mission field is great, but our God is greater. In fact, when, when Paul is praying that prayer around immeasurably more, there, there is some information ahead of that. He's having a conversation that leads down to that prayer. And I want to spend a few moments just looking at that. So if you have a Bible, I'd love for you to grab it and turn to the book of Ephesians. You find First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, you'll hit Ephesians. And we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3. We'll have the scripture on the screen as well as in your note guide. But we're going to spend just a little bit of time leaning in to understand what he's saying as he leads into that prayer, that prayer for immeasurably more. And, and prior to this chapter, and you can read the whole letter on your own at some other time, but he's talking about the nuances, the realities of what it means to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the, the significance of that, of being citizens in the kingdom of heaven. And you can check that out, but we're starting in verse uh, five of chapter three, and, I, and I'm going to read this out of the message translation. And I don't know what translation you normally settle in, but it's helpful to once in a while step into a different translation to understand texture and, and layers and depth to the narrative. And so we're reading this today out of the message and starting again, verse five of Ephesians chapter three. None of our ancestors understood this, and, and the this is how Jesus reconciles and redeems. Only in our time has it been made clear by God's spirit through his holy apostles and prophets of this new order. The mystery is that people who have never heard of God and those who have heard of him all their lives, what I have been calling outsiders and insiders, stand on the same ground before God. They get the same offer, the same help, the same promises in Christ Jesus. The message is accessible and welcoming to everyone across the board. Now, I want you to hold right there. Don't turn your note guide because what we're hearing and reading right there is the journey. It's a path to more. And it's true for all of us. 
And, and there, is, there is more than what ahead. There's more than what can be in Jesus. And it's just okay is not okay. So hang with me for a moment. If you're someone who likes to see image or want to track and draw this yourself, you can. But I want to just reframe and understand that we are created to live in relationship. We have relationship opportunity with other people, but also relationship with God. We're created by him and for him, and we're created for relationship. The problem is our ability to connect with God is beyond our ability. We need Jesus to get us there. Because God loved us enough, he sent Jesus to make the way by which we, through Jesus, can have relationship with God. God is holy, we are not. And Jesus then, through relationship with him, imparts Holy Spirit to us so that we can live this way. We can live in a relationship with God. We can connect and communicate and relate with our Father through him. But it's not just for the vertical, there is a horizontal to connect and reach other people. God could choose through Jesus to reach other people just directly. He could do that. He, he can reveal himself through creation, through the word of God, by Holy Spirit. He can and he does, but he primarily chooses to use us. To, to lead others into the relationship that we have through Jesus. He chooses to use us. The problem in this whole dynamic is that between us and other people are gaps or even barriers and walls, barricades that need to come down so that this connection can occur, so that this connection is understood and made available so that people can choose to do that on their own. So we as a church intentionally invest in ways that build bridges over those gaps. We seek to tear down those walls. This is the space that God has asked us to hold. It's very unique. It's messy. There's brokenness. It's complicated, but it's beautiful and it's worth it. This is where we prove faithful. A people saved, but a people sent. A people who are loved, but linked, and living on mission. We're to be his witnesses in this world. We're going to talk about this later in our series, that we're to be, witness, or be the witnesses of him in this world, and the gaps between us have to be overcome. And so we sacrifice, and we risk, and we forfeit our own comfort so that others can connect into relationship with God through Jesus. It's beautiful, it's wonderful, it's significant. But it's a space of needing all of us to fully live into the purpose. That space is where we prove faithful. And I'll tell you, it's not theoretical, it's not aspirational. We're doing that. God is allowing us to be part in seeing the transformation of families and marriages and communities and individual lives. The, the transforming presence of Jesus He's allowing us to take those into spaces. That's our unique footprint. That's our unique thumbprint in this region of being able to hold space like that. And he's granted favor, but he's also calling us to more. In fact, Paul had a very similar context and he continues on in Ephesians 3. This is verse 8 now. He says, and so here I am preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. That's... That's that full, abundant life Jesus came for. My task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through followers of Jesus like yourselves, gathered in churches. That's you and me. This extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But it's also very clear. 
Verse 11, all this is proceeding along lines planned long ago, all along by God and then executed in Christ Jesus. When we trust in him, we're free to say whatever needs to be said, bold to go wherever we need to go. So don't let my present trouble on your behalf get you down. Be proud. My friends, this is the heartbeat and the posture of Heritage Church. It's why we're willing to do whatever it takes to reach people who are far from God. Paul continues in verse 14, my response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. That's a key thing, to experience full life, that abundant life, to experience the more first starts with receiving Jesus, inviting him in, opening the door, trusting him. If you've not done that, that's where you need to start. That's where life comes, full life. And Paul says, and I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth, test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. (laughs) If that doesn't get you somewhat stirred up and disrupted in your life, you got to listen closer. There is fullness to be had, all the fullness of God. I love it. And this is the heartbeat for who we are as a church. It's why we risk beyond. It's why we go outside. It's why we forfeit our comfort to see God's kingdom move. It's why we're willing to do whatever it takes to reach people far from God. And you're part of that. You're an integral part of that. Now, there's a ton of stuff just in what we read. Wish we had more time to dig into all of it, but I want to call your attention just to one thing. And it doesn't matter if you've walked with God for a long time or you're just now on the front edge sticking your toe in the water trying to check it out. Here's a fundamental reality. It's your next fill-in. What you know of God is not the end of what there is to know. What you know of God today is not the end of what there is to know. What you have of God is not the end of what there is to have from God. What you have experienced with him is not the end of what there is to experience from him. What you understand, what you have been able to do, what you are doing is not the end of what there is to do. There is more, more with him. He is limitless, he is boundless, he is unending, he is outside time and space, but he is here and he is now. And he does not want any of us to settle for a just okay life. But rather to live full, abundant lives. Exceedingly abundant lives. And what we know of him is not the end of what there is to know. So, there's more. And we as a church, we, church, we chase that. We chase that for us as we walk with Jesus. And we chase that for others who do not yet walk with him. We've made some bold moves along the way. Uh, we've stepped in risking in bold obedience for him, whether it was Esperanza in 2014 or, or the nine bold moves of 2017, which included the Bridgepoint Initiative. I mean, all of that has all been about stepping in bold obedience to the more that God has had for us. And even in that 2017 journey, through your faithfulness and generosity, $1.5 million towards reaching those who are far from God. Absolutely love what God has been able to do up until this point through that as we have sought to love more, restore more, and imagine more. But I'm telling you today, there is more beyond that. We have big vision, but we serve a big God. 
Chasing the vision has not been easy. It has not all been easy, but I'll tell you, it has been absolutely worth it. To see people experience the transforming presence of Jesus has been worth it. And what God is doing and what he wants to do through heritage is significant. There is more to come for us. And what we're doing is not about buildings. It is not about programs. It is about people. It is about a movement of God, a movement of God in the name of Jesus that God started long ago, as Paul declared. We're just coming alongside and playing a part in it today, doing our part in it. And because it's something that God started long ago that leads to life to the full, (laughs) again, that's why just okay is not okay. Uh, Okay is always less than what can be, because there's always more together in Jesus. That's why Paul concludes this section with this incredibly powerful prayer. Verse 20 and into verse 21, he says, God can do anything you know, far more, exceedingly more, abundantly more, immeasurably more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah and Jesus. Glory down all the generations. Glory through all millennia. Oh yes and amen. May it be so. May it be so. There is far more, immeasurably more. God has done incredible things in our history. He has, especially in the last few years, he's done things that cannot be explained apart from his hand, and I love it. But he is calling us to even greater faithfulness because we're not done. I truly believe the best is yet to come in this next season. But as I declared, in order to get to more, it requires more. It requires more people willing to pray, more people willing to risk, more people willing to sacrifice. It requires more to get to more. It actually requires a people who are willing to prove faithful with the trust that they have been given. It requires people like you and me who are willing to say, here I am, Lord, what do you want? And then to be willing to step in bold obedience to that. Talk to him and to do what he says. That's part of who we are as a church. It's how we lean into every opportunity. And it's not just for today. It's for tomorrow. It's for generations not yet born. It's for our children's children. There's more. So here's my opportunity or really an invitation to consider something this week, all of us to prayerfully walk into the, finding an answer to this particular question. Where is Jesus inviting you to more? He is. I tell you, he is. Where is he inviting you to more? Where is that? Is it to love more? Is it to restore more, imagine more? Where is he inviting you to more? The, The only way to know that, listen, the only way to know that is to pray. God reveals himself through creation. He reveals himself through his word. He reveals himself through Holy Spirit. But he primarily uses the environment and context of prayer to speak and lead his people. Prayer is the primary place. And Paul not only prioritizes, but models the importance of prayer. And I want to invite you into the same posture. To know where he is leading and inviting to more by specifically leaning into prayer. To even spend more specific time in prayer this week as we start this more together conversation. It'll continue for a few more weeks, but even now to start in prayer. The whole more together conversation is an invitation to step in greater partnership toward the purpose that God has for us. The more that he has. So find that out in prayer. Where is he inviting you to more? See, the reality is our work is not done. There is more. And you may recall this illustration 200,000 people may be living just okay. Those walking with Jesus may be living into the fullness. 
but 200,000 people at best living just okay lives. In this last season, we're privileged to walk with 1,600 people into first-time decisions for Jesus. Absolutely wonderful. Can't believe he allowed us to do it. But I'll tell you, we would invest the way we have even if it was one. It's worth it. But God has allowed us to see 1,600 people step into relationship for the first time with him. That doesn't even include those who made recommitments, rededications, those coming back after wandering. Just first-time commitments. It's wonderful. But 1,600 people is just the beginning. There's more. We're going to spend time as a church seeking the face of God for that more. We're going to talk specifically about the what, of how, how we see God calling us to that more, to reach those that are still yet far from him over the next few weeks. Have more conversation around it. In fact, on your way out today, I want to encourage you to grab a hold of one of these. It's just some material that will give a bit more information, even more than what I've talked about today. But we're going to even talk further. It doesn't have all the information, can't put it all in this, but gives a bit more of a lean to it. I encourage you to get this, read through it, and use it as a place to pray. You use it as a space to seek an understanding of the more that God is inviting you into so that others can know him, so that you can live into the fullness of what it means to live in full life through Jesus. Make sure you grab one of these on the way out, but I want to be clear, I am only inviting us to do one thing, inviting you to do one thing this week, and that is to pray, to pray about the more that God has. If you're someone who already prays, Maybe you already pray for the church. You already pray for the ways that God is working in and through us. Thank you for doing that. Raise the bar. Increase that time. Be more intentional in that prayer space. If you don't already regularly pray for the more that God has, for the things God calls us to, I want to invite you to start. And just pick five minutes every day this week. Five minutes every day to seek and talking with God and asking him about the more that he has for us and how it connects to you, where he's inviting you to more. If you're not sure how to do that because that's not a regular rhythm for you, I want to give you a structure to maybe help you in that. It, it reminded just with the word of chat. To, to first confess, then honor, ask, and thank. This is a simple way to structure a prayer time where first we get right with God. We acknowledge the stuff that shouldn't be in our life. We ask him to clean us up in that space. But then we honor and praise him. We, we worship him. But then to ask. And in this ask space, ask him for the more. Ask him to know what the more is he's inviting you to. Ask him to give the more he's calling us to. And then spend time thanking him, not only for what he's done, but what he is going to do next. Be willing this week, every day, just spend at least five minutes asking God for the more he has for us. It matters. I love that God has allowed me to partner with a church community that creates space for people to come back to him. Absolutely love it. People matter to God. And he positions us to be catalysts and people stepping back into relationship with him. And as we have stepped in bold obedience, he has demonstrated faithfulness to us every time. To see 1,600 people make first-time decisions, to baptize 1,100, it is wonderful, it is humbling, it's exciting, but we're not done. There's more. And God is calling us to continue to be a catalytic force and presence in transforming communities by the presence of Jesus. The space he's calling us to hold as a church is unique. It's the same vision, but it has expanded opportunities and expanded expressions with greater kingdom ripple, greater eternal ripple. So as we lean into the front edge of this conversation, 
I'm asking you to lean in in conversation with God, to be willing to commit to doing whatever God says as you seek his face and his purpose. We are more together, mas juntos. We need each other to live into the fullness that he's created us for. And we need you to chase the purposes that he has. So please be willing to pray and do whatever he says. And I want to even wrap our time now with a specific moment of prayer. I encourage you, wherever you are across our network, to take whatever prayer posture you want to take. You want to just lean forward in your seat. You want to turn around and kneel at your chair. You want to stand. I don't, I don't care. Whatever you want to do in assuming a prayer posture as we come before the throne of God, simply asking him for the more that he has for us, for him to bring that about by the power of his spirit at work within us through Jesus. So I'm actually gonna kneel right here. You can take whatever posture you want, but let's just spend a moment in prayer asking the Father to do immeasurably more through us for his glory. Heavenly Father, my Lord, my God, my King, we come before you boldly in the name of Jesus. Jesus, your Son, our Savior, our Lord and King. We come, Father, giving you praise for all that you have done, for all that you are doing. You are good and you are holy and you are majestic. And we are a people who fall short. We are a people who need your grace. We are a people who need your love expressed through your Son, Jesus. Forgive us where, where we've stopped short. We've not lived into full, lived into full life. We're, where we've been satisfied with just okay. And Lord, empower us and embolden us to step fully into obedience. God, where you're calling us, give us courage to go. What you're asking us to do, give us strength to do it. And I pray as we as a church lean into intentionally seeking your face and intentionally asking you for, for your leadership and, and your power to be at work in the more you're calling us to. I pray you would pour it out upon my brothers and sisters. I pray you would show yourself in new ways. I pray that this season will be one where we can't ever talk about it apart from you saying your fingerprints are on it and recognizing what you did. But as we lean into this time, Lord, I pray as Paul prayed that you would do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to your power at work within us. To you be the glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus, through all generations, forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen, amen.